Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to RSI Help Radio. I'm Deborah Quilter and some of you may know my books, Repetitive Strain Injury Recovery Book and Repetitive Strain Injury, A Computer User's Guide. RSI Help Radio is dedicated to bringing you the latest news and information about repetitive strain injury. Today we're going to have a talk with Dr. Michael Batshaw, a New York City-based psychotherapist, author, and internationally recognized relationship expert. Michael Batshaw is also the creator of the innovative Michael Batshaw Method of Psychotherapy and Coaching. His method of psychotherapy integrates philosophy, mindfulness, meditation, and the latest in neuroscience into his practice. When people are initially diagnosed with repetitive strain injury, it can come as a very big blow. Often, they are in the middle of a big project or they just started a new job and they're looking for promotions on their career track. Everyone needs to make a living and many people have families that are relying on them for support. People frequently ignore the pain and push through it, which can make matters significantly worse. But eventually, there comes a time when you just can't push anymore, and that's often the time people finally decide to go see a doctor. When they are diagnosed with an injury that can potentially end or severely curtail their career, it can represent a big earthquake psychologically. So I've invited Michael Batshaw to talk about how to cope with some of the emotions that might arise after an initial diagnosis of RSI. One of the reasons why I invited him was because many years ago, he experienced repetitive strain injury himself. His own personal experience and his experience working with many individuals with chronic pain have informed his unique approach to this issue. So I'm so pleased to present Michael Batshaw on RSI Help Radio. Welcome, Michael. Great to be here, Deborah. Very happy to be here. Good. We're happy to have you. (laughs) So tell me, what are some of the typical reactions that people go through when they have just been diagnosed with a serious mental condition, such as repetitive strain injury? Let's say probably the most common response is a a mix of denial um, and anger in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, That's probably the most common thing I see, which is... You know, a very common response to any kind of very significant uh, medical diagnosis. Um, the denial part of it with repetitive strain, though, has a, a slightly different kind of feel to it than other types of medical diagnoses. Um, and I think one of the reasons for that is because certainly in the beginning of the diagnosis, some days you feel better than other days. Mm-hmm. So. You may, go, you may go into a doctor and they say, okay, you've got some repetitive strain injury, you've got chronic tendinitis here, you may have carpal tunnel, um, and you come home from the doctor and your head's sort of spinning. What does this mean? You know, how bad is it really? Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's something that plays into denial in a more significant way than it does with a lot of other diagnoses because you can't just take a blood test to get diagnosed with RSI in most cases. Mm-hmm. Right, you can't just have an X-ray or an MRI no. on that first visit, and like, okay, yeah, you've got RSI. It's this type of RSI. This is exactly what the treatment protocol is, and it'll take about three months, and then you'll do, you know, rehab like you do with uh, an ACL injury, 
right? Mm-hmm. Or something, you know, with the neck or a rotator cuff injury or something like that. It's just not like that. Mm. No, it isn't. It's right. quite And diff- because of that, that's right. And because of that, you can go home thinking, wow, maybe this, maybe this is really bad. Maybe I'm going to need to do X, Y, and Z to modify my life. Maybe I'm going to have to go see this type of doctor and that type of doctor. And then you get up the next day uh, and your wrist doesn't feel so bad. Mm-hmm. And you get back on the computer or whatever you're doing, and you're like, oh, it's not so bad today. Now that, that doctor was just being, um, you know, being overly cautious or overly conservative. Uh, and that's probably the, the worst thing that somebody can do after they've had an initial diagnosis. That's right. That's right. Um, I think that, you know, a lot of people think, well, if I just stop this now, my body is going to heal and I can go back to doing things the way that I used to. And very often that just leads to an endless cycle of injury, re-injury, and more and more problems down the road. So you talked also about anger. Um, mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about how someone yeah. might be Well, the anger sort of intersects with the process that you were just mentioning, which is there's this cycle that people in general tend to go through after an initial diagnosis, which is, you know, there's a spectrum of how seriously people are going to take it, right? So some people are going to just completely blow it off, right? Maybe they'll ice themselves for a few days, feel better, Mm -hmm. and then just get right back on and really not do anything different. Then you'll Mm -hmm. people who take it quite seriously, but they, again, they think it's going to be really temporary and short term. So, Mm They'll get themselves a brace, they'll ice, they'll be very careful with it, they'll go get some massage for a week or two, um, which will really help. They'll stay off the computer, whatever the activity was that was giving them the repetitive strain for a Mm -hmm. week or two, and they'll feel significantly better. Then they'll go back to doing exactly what they were doing before, being on the Mm -hmm. computer for 10 hours a day or whatever their particular repetitive strain is, and then after about four or five days, bam, it hits them again. This time, maybe it's even worse. And so after going through this for a few cycles, that's when the anger starts uh, because you start to feel powerless and it also starts to dawn on you this, maybe this really isn't going to be a temporary issue right? Yes. because I'm treating it the way I've treated every temporary problem in my life right? Like I did something to my knee, I stayed off it for a week, I iced it, and I'm fine, right? I did something to my shoulder or my elbow, I iced it, I stayed off it for three weeks, and I'm fine. And Mm -hmm. that sort of normal, intuitive way of treating uh, sort of non-RSI injuries doesn't work. And it leaves somebody feeling like, wow, I I really don't know what to do, right? And then there's some anger around that feeling of helplessness, then you have an intersection with the medical system, which is a whole, a whole other category of experience that leads to a lot of anger and frustration um, for the reasons that I, a lot of doctors are not well-trained in diagnosing RSI. Uh, sometimes they question the veracity of the symptoms that you're reporting because they don't have a blood test or a particular X-ray or, or MRI that they can just do uh, to diagnose it. And Sometimes that they further don't believe, reason, they don't believe that RSI yeah, some, exists as well. Yeah, yeah. And so you're already taking somebody who themselves is questioning, is this real, right? Because mm-hmm. some days I feel it, some days I don't feel it. Um, what is this thing? 
sometimes icing works, sometimes icing doesn't work, sometimes wrapping it works, sometimes wrapping it doesn't work. Uh, and then you go to a doctor, and we go to doctors looking for expertise, looking mm-hmm. for solutions, right, looking yeah. for a, a path to get better. Um, and in my, certainly in my experience with RSI those, those years ago, that was not my experience, that there, were, uh, that there was a clear direction. Uh, and that was around 15 years ago. And in my experience working with people now with RSI and other chronic pain issues, it doesn't seem like it's a whole lot better. I mean, maybe a little bit better, uh, mm-hmm. but there still isn't a lot of training around it, isn't a lot of knowledge around it. So you go into a doctor, and the doctor says, oh, well, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, wrap it up, you know, put some ice on it, and, uh, you know, get back to work in a week. Uh, and then you do that, some, or, or you've already done that on seven or eight different cycles already, and it mm-hmm. hasn't worked, and you really don't know what to do. Uh, you don't know which type of doctor do I see. Do I, do I go see a surgeon? Do I see a... Uh, rehabilitation doctor, do I see a sports medicine person? And then maybe you go see all three of them, they all say completely different things. Uh, and there's sort of no clear gold standard path, you know, to treatment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sometimes right? the treatments aren't exactly <laughs> what we would recommend. Uh, right. Sometimes people get the wrong kind of treatment when they're seeing someone who, as you said before, is not well-versed in treating soft tissue oh, oh yeah absolutely and that can be another piece of of the anger that gets uh that gets to be part of the system i know it's something that i had experienced back then i know a lot of patients i've worked with experience it is uh they sort of get some massage maybe mm-hmm. some icing and then somebody you know has them hit the weights uh mm-hmm. you know yeah. in a week yeah. uh and yeah, then after exactly. two weeks they can they can barely move their arms uh, yes. And they have they have a PT saying, oh, you just need to work through the pain, you know, just you know, stay with it, don't worry about it. And you're having this intuitive experience. This doesn't feel right, you know, as if That's you've right. never exercised before, and you don't know the difference between pain that you work through and a repetitive style of pain that really feels wrong uh, intuitively. Yes, you know, you brought up two things I want to talk to you about. Um, Let's Mm -hmm. put intuition on the second place. But I'd like you to talk a little bit about what anger actually does to the body. And unfortunately, Mm. it's a natural reaction for people to be angry at a doctor who doesn't know what they're talking about and doesn't know how to treat it or treats it improperly. And then, you know, there's anger at various other, you know, your boss, the workers' compensation system, these other things. But yep. the problem with the anger um, is that it can be um, alienating the people who are trying to help you, if they yeah. are, and also it can mm-hmm. hurt you because it makes your symptoms worse. Yeah, it's a very, very good point, Deborah. You know, I, I work a lot in my in my practice in the development of the Batchall method is integrating of, of mind-body science, and um, this is a great example of it, you know, which is that just on a, a cellular level and a muscular level in the body, you know, anger is a very healthy um, evolutionary emotion, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And what it's meant to do in a fight-or-flight situation um, is it allows you to fight something dangerous off um, to achieve a goal and uh, get to a solution that helps the body uh, and helps the person. It's meant mm-hmm. to be engaged in very, very briefly, you know, anger is meant to be felt, 
an action is supposed to be taken or something is supposed to be communicated very quickly, uh, mm-hmm. within seconds or within a minute, and then it's supposed to dissipate. And the exactly. body is set up hormonally and in the endocrine system to release certain hormones to allow that communication and that, that rush and that tension in the body muscularly to be in that fight mode. The problem is, you know, with RSI and any sort of a chronic injury in that way, when you're experiencing these feelings of helplessness, you feel like you're in danger all the time, mm-hmm. right? I'm in danger of being in pain at any time if I do things the wrong way. I'm in danger of losing my job uh, if I can, can't continue to produce. I'm in danger of maybe losing my marriage uh, or my family uh, yes. because I feel like I can't be the partner that uh, my spouse needs me to be because I can no longer carry groceries around. I can't do household chores anymore. Um, I feel like I can't be a, a parent because I can't pick my child up. Uh, yeah. I can't play with them. Um, you know, and these are horrible feelings. And if you hold on to this anger and it becomes what I call frozen anger, which is resentment, resentment towards life, resentment towards yourself, Yes. Uh, you know, it can make the symptoms worse because this primary anger or resentment against the self, which is on some fundamental way, there is this anger that one has that my body has let me down, mm-hmm. uh, that I've been betrayed by my own body. Uh, and we don't really know how to process that. We're not a process of being betrayed by somebody else. Well, I'll get angry at them. Well, I'll tell them off. I'll yell at them. Or I can just, you know divorce them from my life. So I don't have to deal with any more, them anymore. But I can't divorce myself from my own body. Mm-hmm. Uh, but through anger, we sort of try subconsciously to do that by tightening up uh, muscularly, clenching in different ways. Which makes uh, and of work. course, this, this is exactly what led to the RSI in the first place, uh, yeah. which is some kind of way of holding the body uh, muscularly for very long periods of time, clenching in different ways, and then there's a tipping point, and the body says, I can't take it anymore. Uh, so and so, people are doing yeah, this. Can we, um, I mean, you're talking about these strong emotions and feeling powerless, mm-hmm. and it seems like the perfect mm-hmm. time to get some psychological help, hopefully mm-hmm. from a psychotherapist who does believe that RSI exists. But you talked mm-hmm. about intuition, and... I'm so glad that you brought up intuition because I tell people mm-hmm. if if you don't feel comfortable for any reason with your practitioner, find mm-hmm. someone else. I think it's really important to trust your gut instincts about that. So how can someone, I mean, when should people seek mm-hmm. psychotherapy and what should they be looking for in someone to help them through? the emotions of repetitive strain injury? You know, I think when you uh, feel like you've exhausted both your inner resources around this, maybe you've read a bunch of self-help books, right? Uh, your external resources, meaning you've talked, talked to your friends to death over it, uh, mm-hmm. and your family, perhaps your spouse, um, and you still feel very stuck. Um, uh-huh. You know, psychotherapy is a modality to help both when you feel really stuck, when you've done everything you can on your own, uh-huh. and or you feel like you've done a lot on your own and you've made a lot of progress, but you've plateaued. Uh, yeah. And you feel like you, you want to grow further, 
you're not happy with the level that you've plateaued at. Um, and, I, and I think that there are sort of two complementary, you know, pieces to getting that psychological and emotional help. One is really trying to work on the emotions in a psychotherapeutic way, hopefully with somebody um, who believes RSI is real and has some experience with it. And I think you want to be very direct and open in an initial consultation to say, look, this is what I have, and to say, what is your experience working with either repetitive strain or chronic pain issues? Mm-hmm. Um, and if the therapist seems really nice, but they really don't have any experience, you know, keep their name, but see if you can get a referral to somebody who does. Mm-hmm. Uh, because in the same way that if you went to any doctor uh, for and you had a particular symptom and you asked that doctor, have you ever, you know, worked with, you know, somebody who has this particular thing? And they say, well, no, I'm a good doctor, but I've never worked with that before. You probably wouldn't see that doctor. Right. Uh, and, uh, you know, there are places in the country where there aren't a lot of options. You know, we're located yeah. in New York City where there are tremendous options, so you never need to feel like the person you're seeing is the only option for you. Um, at the same time, there are people who suffer from RSI all over the country, all over the world. Um, and in some of these areas, uh, there's uh, one psychotherapist within 100 miles, uh, yes. if, not, if, if, if not less than that. Uh, and so for those people, you know, what I really encourage is, you know, look on the Internet for a lot of body-mind-based uh, protocols that can be therapeutic. Um, you know, guided visualizations around pain management can be really, really helpful. Um, learning meditation practices um, around okay. body awareness can be very helpful. I mean, I love the work, um, you know, one of the pioneers uh, in this country, John Kobad-Zinn, uh, Full Catastrophe Living, the center that yeah, he yeah. created up in Massachusetts for um, pain management that's really based on protocol of insight meditation um, I think is wonderful that something, uh, you know, aspects of that I've integrated into my practice with my own approach as well. So really being your own advocate, as you're pointing out, following your intuition is absolutely crucial because the thing that I've seen to a T is the individuals I've worked with who eventually realize, wow, I have to become my own advocate. Mm-hmm. You know, that's when their recovery really starts to take shape. Mm-hmm. Um, it's when you're in that place of feeling like uh, helpless, um, I'm a victim of this, which is a very natural feeling to have in the beginning, uh, mm-hmm. and that sort of I'm at the whim of whatever PT or doctor I'm at, and because they're the professional, no matter how I feel, whether I'm in pain or not, I'm just going to do what they tell me, um, that's not a position you want to be in. Yes, I, I'm so much in favor of that. It's so true. It's so helpful. So we just have a couple of minutes left with you. Um, is there anything you'd like to add about this issue? Any other pointers that people can take home with them? Yeah, I think that one of the most important things that I try and instill in people uh, with the Batchel method of psychotherapy is that the capacity that the human being has for change and growth is extraordinary. Uh, that there is a is a healing force and a healing energy um, that is untapped in many ways. And a lot of this healing, both psychologically and physically, happens when we can tap into that deeper intuition and really be guided by it. And Mm -hmm. I've seen miraculous types of recovery happen 
with all types of uh, chronic pain and other types of chronic illness um, with people who really have this belief and faith and a sense of hope that even this type of miraculous change is possible um, Mm -hmm. and that nothing is going to stop them from achieving it. That that sort of positive viewpoint um, and faith in your in the sort of deeper self and the ability to heal really makes an enormous difference uh, in the actual healing in the body. That 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 change in your consciousness and in your awareness and your belief that it really can get better, in fact, can make it better. Um, of course, you know that means not just thinking it, but then taking actions. Uh, based on an intuition to both protect yourself from further injury, you know, and get the help you need to really grow and recover in the way that you can. Exactly. So this doesn't mean that people are going to feel better and then go back to using the computer and abusing no. their hands in other ways. Um, that's not not what you're saying here. No, and no. I, it's it's a belief that you can create a new story for yourself yeah, in your life. A new it's story. A belief. Yeah. That's right. It's a belief that you don't have to be defined um, by this new part of your life, uh, Mm -hmm. that you can sort of take control, write your own script, um, and create a new life for yourself, you know, based on this new issue that you're dealing with. And, you know, it could could take you to amazing places that you could never even dreamed of. Um, Exactly. And it's getting out of that old that old story and thinking that I could have only lived my life this way. And if I can't mm-hmm. do it this way, I have no life and really believing uh, that's just not true. And if you open yourself up to gift. the possibilities, that's right. It could be the greatest gift that you've ever had and take yeah. you into, you know, you know, sort of unknown dimensions of your life. And I've seen it happen time and time again, not just with the diagnosis of RSI, but with other uh, chronic medical issues as well. People who yeah. take that diagnosis as a, you know, I'm going to own this and I'm going to change my story, um, they're able to. Over time, again, nothing happens uh, immediately. Over time with a lot of support. I, I'm so glad that you said that because I feel the, the exact same way and I too have witnessed so many miracles with people who have a serious problem and because of that they have to sort of grow in a new direction and if they're willing to mm-hmm. take the reins and advocate for themselves, they do remarkable things. They start businesses. They make amazing career changes that are so much more fulfilling than what they had been doing um, when they got the injury. Yeah, it's it's an extraordinary thing. It really is. Yes, and going inward. I mean, I teach yoga, and we're always talking about the inner teacher, you know, listening to that inner voice. And I think that has... Resonance with many different sorts of meditation. You know, you're looking inside for answers and really relying on your own um, wisdom. And that's something that I think is really, um, that's one of the things that I'm hoping to talk to you more about with the Batchon method. You know, this whole idea of uh, combining mindfulness meditation with psychology, I think it's really taking two great things and putting them together in a really dynamic way. Um, you know, the, it seems like the time has really come for this. So if people want uh, to know more about your work, where can they go? 
Do you yeah, have a there's website? a website. Yeah, I do. There's a website called thebatshawmethod.com. www.thebatshawmethod.com. Um, mm-hmm. And there's information there about my method, the development of it, the different treatments that I have, about my history, um, mm-hmm. and, and my approach. Um, and if they have any questions, of course, they can, you know, shoot me an email, um, and I can get back to them. Well, and hopefully, if people have questions about anything that we've talked about here today, they'll send me an email, and we can have you back on the show to go further, because I know you've written a book on relationships, mm-hmm. and I think it might be really interesting for people to hear what you have to say about the prospect of dating or being in a marriage or a relationship with someone when you have this injury and how you can negotiate things Absolutely. like housework, <laughs> child oh, care. Oh, absolutely. And- it's, it's, it's very complex, but there absolutely are solutions out there. You know, absolutely nobody should feel, um, you know, helpless or hopeless or despondent about it because there, there, there absolutely are solutions uh, where a relationship can work. No question about it. Well, that's such good news to hear. So, again, uh, the the um, website is the Batshaw Method. I'm going to spell that, B-A-T-S-H-A-W, method, M-E-T-H-O-D.com. And, Michael, I just can't thank you enough for being on the show. It's just been so enlightening, and thank you for uh, sharing your wisdom with us today. It's my pleasure, and it's something I'm very passionate about. So, you know, anytime you want to talk, you know, I'll be back. All right. Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you so much, and uh, thank you for coming to the show. And we hope to have you here many more times. And thank all of you for listening to RSI Help Radio. And until next time, take good care of your hands. Bye-bye. <laughs>